ladies, for that uh, message. The Lord's so good just uh, putting together uh, songs and uh, uh, the congregational singing, the special music, uh, just so good. I like church, don't you? And I uh, like just being in church and coming to church and uh, such a, a blessing. So many of you already today have been such a blessing. Just uh, hearing you, uh, hearing your voice, seeing your smiles, uh, just coming together to this place. And it's wonderful to have church. And uh, more and more, I'm thankful for church and I'm thankful for Valley Bible Baptist Church. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, if you'll stand with me, we're going to uh, just read a portion of this chapter. Again, um, I've been asked a lot of questions. I think uh, people are beginning to realize things are unusual today. And a lot of questions are being asked. What's happening, preacher? What's taking place? Uh, what do we need to do? How can we prepare? And uh, I think uh, we just need to look into the Word of God and uh, gain our direction from God's Word. Um, let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 1. of them begin reading in verse number 1. We'll read just a few verses here in this chapter. Uh, it reads, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now you think about this. This was penned almost 2,000 years ago. And at that time, John the Apostle said uh, things that must shortly come to pass. But I think you're the generation that you're going to see a lot of this coming to pass. Uh, we live in the most exciting day in all the history of the world in which to live. I can't think of a better time in which to live than the day in which we live. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. You go to verse number 7, and this is kind of the theme, and uh, this is what the book of Revelation is laying the groundwork for. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. This morning, just a very simple thought. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. That's the theme of the book of Revelation. And so the book of Revelation is expressing that thought, but it's sharing with us how it's going to come about. And so he's just laying the groundwork for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like you to join me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. And would you pray in your heart that the Lord would have his way in this particular service this morning. Father, we thank you this morning that you are coming back. And Lord, thank you for this wonderful promise that we see in your word, this hope, this hope of the Christian that you've given unto us. Lord, I pray here this morning that you would help us as we preach. Lord, there are thoughts that you put upon my heart, and I pray that you would just give your grace in relaying these thoughts this morning. Help only that which you would want to be spoken. And Lord, we ask that you would deal with hearts and that there would be a yieldedness of hearts. And Lord, this morning, as you search the heart, as you know the heart, there are some of this auditorium that are not prepared for your return. 
And Lord, I begin, I pray that you would begin and do that work of preparation in that heart this morning. And Lord, we give this service to you. We want to see you uplifted and exalted. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. How many of you have heard the statement before there are only two things that are certain in life? Death and taxes. Okay, you've all heard that. But I'm going to give you something that is even more certain than death or taxes. And that's the fact that Jesus is coming back again. Uh, the return of Jesus Christ in verse number 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Every knee will bow to Jesus, every tongue will confess that he is Lord, and just as certain as we are here this morning... Every one of us will one day stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us will give an account of himself to the Lord Jesus. Uh, this is Christ's return, by the way, mentioned here in verse 7, that takes place at the end of the tribulation. It's not the rapture that's uh, pictured here in verse number 7, but this is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the return that is fulfilled in Revelation chapter 19. Uh, at that coming of Christ, at the end of the tribulation, uh, Jesus Christ will return. He will cast the Antichrist and the false prophet into hell. And he will establish his kingdom here upon this earth. Now, our world groans for that day. And I think we can see this more and more and more each day. Uh, our world desperately, desperately needs the Lord Jesus Christ I was reading just a bit of history back in the 11th century. Uh, there was a man known as Richard the Lionhearted. He was a good king of England. Uh, he was away on a mission of war and his wicked brother John usurped the throne or usurped the kingdom in his absence. Now John was an abuser of the peasants and he was abuser of the people. He was a wicked leader and the good people of England longed for the return of Richard the Lionhearted. Now the day of that return came. They had prayed for that return. They had longed for that return. That day uh, arrived and John was deposed and, and then uh, Richard the Lionhearted again took the kingdom, restored order unto the kingdom. And in a sense that, in a sense that pictures what's happening in our world today. Uh, we know that Satan is the god of this world. And we know that sin is in control of this world. And we know that this world is filled with heartache and heartbreak. And it's all the consequence and the cost of sin. And uh, somebody has asked this question, why did God create evil? I don't believe God created evil. I believe that God has allowed evil. I believe God wants your heart. And God did not make you into a puppet or a robot. But God has given you a free will. And God wants the heart and the love of man. And God has allowed this testing. But the day is coming when Jesus is returning and he's going to depose Satan and his Satan will one day be cast into hell where he will burn forever and ever and ever. Uh, our world groans under this burden of sin and only Christ and his return is going to restore order to the chaos of the world. I mentioned that recently several folks have questioned about the possibility of preaching through the book of Revelation. And so I prayed about it, and I've done this many years ago, and we taught Sunday school through the book of Revelation. We preached, I think it was maybe a Wednesday night, a Sunday night, I don't remember, 
but it's been many, many years ago. And, and really, I, I'm amazed now. I'm, I'm seeing the book of Revelation in a new light that I've never seen it. And it's just been since uh, 2020 and the events that have happened. And, and really, we're seeing some amazing things happening. Uh, I believe we're witnessing some unusual events in our world today, uh, really changing so rapidly. Things are not normal today. And, and what's happening What's taking place? I believe the book of Revelation, as we preach through this, is going to open our eyes and our understanding as to what's happening. Uh, both the saved and the lost are realizing there's something taking place. There's something about to happen. I've talked to lost people, and they're, they're expressing, is the world coming to an end? What's taking place? What's happening in our world today? And people are questioning, does the Bible have answers? And most definitely, it does. And I think it's events such as we are witnessing today that's building a renewed interest in the book of Revelation. And so that's why we're going to pick it up here. And just not verse by verse, but kind of taking some of the highlights. And I think you're going to be amazed as to what we are witnessing in our world today in preparation for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to give four very simple thoughts this morning. If you look with me at verse number one. Revelation chapter 1. You'll see here God's purpose for this book. He states in verse number 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that's a, a literal transliteration. It means the apocalypse. And that literally means the unveiling, the revealing. A lot of people have avoided the book of Revelation. Uh, the statement I've heard some describe, it's just too hard to understand. It's too difficult. I, I don't understand the book of Revelation. Uh, in reality, God says this book is a revealing. It's not to be a dark book. It's not to be a hidden book, but it's a revelation. It's an unveiling, and God wants this book to be understood. And I think as we come to days ahead, we're going to need some of the principles and teachings of the book of Revelation. I've talked to several that are fearful of this book. Uh, a lost individual had expressed sometimes back that they, they did not like the book of Revelation, that it was a scary thing. And you can understand that being lost, it is a scary thing uh, just to see the events as they unfold in the world. Now for the saved, this book is intended not as a book of discouragement, it's a book of encouragement. Uh, in the background, the book of Revelation was penned during a time of great persecution. Under the Roman Empire, Christians were slaughtered by the thousands. They were imprisoned and beaten, beheaded, burned at the stakes. They were cruelly, mercilessly punished. I mentioned this morning in the Sunday school hour a gentleman by the name of Polycarp. He was a second century martyr. He was a disciple of John the Apostle, the man who wrote or was used of God. We know that the Lord, it's his book, but he was the human uh, pen of the book of Revelation, John the Apostle. And uh, Polycarp was his disciple. And Polycarp was burned at the stake because he would not declare that Jesus is Lord, or that uh, Caesar was Lord. He said, Jesus is Lord. I cannot declare Caesar is Lord. He was taken to the stake. He was burned for that faith. And he said, 80 and 6 years I have been a Christian. Not once has the Lord failed me. Why should I now deny him here at the end of my life? And so Polycarp gave 
his life for the cause of Jesus Christ. He was just one example, one testimony of those that were cruelly and severely persecuted for the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not a prophet. I don't know the future. But I am fully expecting persecution to come if Jesus tarries his return. I also mentioned this morning Richard Wormbrand. He was a Rom Romanian pastor. Uh, when communism in the 1940s came into Romania, uh, Richard Wormbrand took a stand. And by the way, we're witnessing a, an influx of socialism and communism into the United States of America today. Uh, when communism entered into Romania, uh, Richard Wombrand warned the Romanians of the consequences. And, and he warned that communism is atheism. It teaches against God. In 1944, he was arrested uh, for his preaching. He was taken to a, a, a very a cruel prison. He, he was beaten. Uh, he was imprisoned over 14 years and uh, beaten very cruelly after he was released from that prison. He would never walk the same because over and over his feet were beaten at the bottom in an effort to gain information from him that he would not divulge. Uh, they were asked in the prison house not to preach in the name of Jesus, but those prisoners so loved the Lord uh, that they preached constantly of Jesus. And he made the statement that both of us got what we wanted. They wanted to beat us and we wanted to preach. So we preached and they beat us and we both got what we wanted. But he did so with a very pure heart before the Lord. It was interesting uh, just to see the persecution. And we're witnessing over this world a socialist communist takeover of America, of our world, it's already happened in Canada. There are pastors that are imprisoned right now in Canada for preaching the very things that we preach right here in this pulpit. Uh, Australia has already lost some of that battle. And we're seeing this on a worldwide issue. I'm not saying this to be a discouragement because this book is a book of encouragement. And we're going to see the encouragement that God is going to give unto us. Now, we were told in March of 2020 that we need 15 days to soften the curve. And here we are almost two years later. And we're dealing with freedoms being taken away uh, in large, huge steps across our world today. Uh, friend, we are seeing a prelude today to the events that are unfolding in the book of Revelation. Uh, do you know that we are very quickly moving toward a one-world government we're very quickly moving toward a one world religion. We're very quickly moving toward the mark of the beast that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 13. And a lot of the events that are unfolding before our very eyes are the preparation for what is spoken of in the book of Revelation. These are exciting days in which we live. I believe the book of Revelation is going to become a source of great encouragement, a source of great blessing uh, to the saved in the coming days. Now you notice here in verse number 1 of Revelation 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now I am astounded. A lot of Christians today are oblivious as to what's happening in our world today. 
Uh, there is a purging taking place in Christianity today. Uh, a lot of people who claim the name of Jesus Christ have no concept as to what is about to happen. And their Christianity is a feel-good, emotional Christianity. And their concept of God is that God is my Santa Claus and that God is here to make me feel good. And so a lot of the Christianity today is a fleshly worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no doctrinal foundation, no doctrinal truth. And friend, you're coming to a time in history. You better know what you believe. And you better know why you believe it. And if we're where I think we may be in history, I think there's going to be a great testing and a great purging of Christianity and that type of Christianity that appeals to the flesh and has no doctrinal biblical foundation is not going to cut it. It's not going to stand with what is about to happen. Now, true Christians are going to find direction and foundation and comfort in the Word of God. You notice the statement at the end of verse number 3 again, for the time is at hand. I believe this is the generation that will witness a lot of the fulfillment of what we read about in the book of Revelation. That was God's purpose for this book, was to give that forewarning to God's people. Now, verse number 3 of Revelation 1, I see God's promise in this book. Uh, he said in verse number 3, blessed, happy, blessed of God. A special promise is given through this book. That's why we pick it up at this point. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 22 for just a moment. Keep your place here in chapter number 1. In Revelation chapter 22, verse number 6, as we come to the conclusion of the book of Revelation, he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. He said in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. And then we read, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So here's the blessing that this book pronounces upon those. Go back to verse 3 of Revelation 1. And it reads, Blessed is he that readeth. Now, as we are preaching through the book of Revelation, we're not going to do so every service. We're going to continue with our, our preaching through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, here Sunday morning, we're going to focus on Revelation. And then we'll be preaching uh, through the Gospel of Mark as we, and continuing that. But I want to encourage you, as we preach through the book of Revelation, I want to encourage you to read this book. Okay, stay ahead. There's a blessing. Blessed is he that readeth. Uh, ask God to teach you. Uh, it's not as difficult as you might at first think. In fact, I think as we preach through this book, uh, it, it's going to be amazing uh, just to see that God will fill in all of the bones. This morning I'm going to give you a very quick outline, but God will, will fill in and put flesh onto the bones uh, here as we begin to preach through this. And uh, you're going to be astounded. You're going to be thanking the Lord for allowing you to live in the day in which you live as we read through the book of Revelation and we see events unfold before us. So read through this book as we're preaching through it. Now notice also verse number 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Not only do I encourage you to read through the book of Revelation, but I want to encourage you to come and hear the preaching. 
as we preach through the book of Revelation. And I want to encourage you even take some notes as we're going through this. And I want to encourage you to invite some others. And I believe that our studies again are going to open a door for you to understand why we're experiencing some of the things that we're experiencing in our world today. And you're going to be amazed to see the technology that is in place right now for the fulfillment of what God told us years ago. Two years ago, I could not understand some of the things that are in the book of Revelation. Still a lot of it we don't understand. But in the last two years, there are things that have happened that are opening the door to what is going to take place here in the, I believe, the near, very near future. So instead of getting in, caught into all of the confusion, uh, let's here at Valley Bible Baptist Church rise above the confusion and, and be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have uh, the greatest opportunity of service to the Lord Jesus Christ that any generation has ever had. Let's rise above that. And church, let's be a church that will have revival and be on fire for Jesus Christ as we await the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now verse number 3 again, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, but this is very important, and keep those things which are written therein. Here's the blessing of obedience. We're not studying the book of Revelation so that you can have a head knowledge and impress your friends with your knowledge of end time events. I, I don't believe that's what the Lord wants for us. We're going to study the book of Revelation so you know what to do in the days that are ahead. So that you're able to face this world and be victorious. So that you can be an overcomer. So that you can be a winner. So that you can stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and He will say to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want you to be discouraged about what's about to happen or to be destroyed by the chaos of our world today, but I want you to rise above that and be victorious for the cause of Jesus Christ. So there's God's purpose and God's promise. Now again, look in verse 3, and you'll see here God's prophecy. Uh, the words of this prophecy. He says in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Now, prophecy is a look into the future. And the book of Revelation is largely prophetic. It's a look into the future. The things which must shortly come to pass in verse number 1. See, God doesn't want us to be caught off guard. And so He's given us some insight into the future. Now, I don't know the future. You don't know the future. But God has a bird's eye view of the future. God alone can see into the future. Now we can look back now upon the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Over 300 prophecies given concerning the first coming of Jesus Christ. Every single prophecy fulfilled to the minutest detail. Only Jesus today could be the Messiah. All of the prophecies pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were literally fulfilled. There are multitudes of prophecies that are given concerning the second coming of Jesus. And just as the prophecies concerning His first coming were literally fulfilled, the prophecies concerning the second coming will literally be fulfilled. And so even more sure than death and taxes, 
the return of Jesus Christ. It's the prophecy of the things which must shortly come to pass. God doesn't want us to be caught off guard. We're blind. God is not. God sees the future and he wants his children to know the future. No matter how difficult the days are that will be before us. If we know Christ and we walk with Christ, we have a hope and assurance the world doesn't understand. Now throughout the history of Christianity, a number of Christians have given up in disappointment during times of persecution. They quit living for God when things got difficult. The book of Revelation, God's bird's eye view of what is about to happen, uh, showing Christians that you are the victor, helping you through difficult days to be an overcomer for Jesus Christ. So it's a prophetic book. I want you to look in Revelation 1 and verse number 19. As we march through the book of Revelation, here's kind of the outline of this prophetic book. In verse 19, John is exhorted, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The things which thou hast seen, those are the past. The vision of chapter 1. It's the vision of Christ. You look in chapter 1, verse number 10. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. In verse number 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. This is the vision of Christ. That's the past. And then in verse number 19, the things which are, that's the present. That would pick up at Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3. It's the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia. It's my conviction that those seven letters were seven specific churches in John's day. It's also my conviction those seven churches are representative of different types or periods of church history. And we can really identify as we go through these letters with the history of local churches through the ages. And I believe in particular now, and we preached on this recently, we are in what might be called the Laodicean church age or the lukewarm church age in which we live today. So the things which are the current day in which we live. But then notice in verse 19, Revelation 1, the things which shall be hereafter. That's the future. Uh, a quick outline of the future is given to us in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4 is a picture of the rapture. Look in chapter 4, verse number 1. He says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And so here is the picture of the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 uh, speaks of that trump of the Lord that will sound. Uh, the dead in Christ will rise. This is an imminent event. It's the next major event of the world. A lot of confusion today. And there are some people that are saying that we're now entering into the tribulation. And these events that we're experiencing now 
of the tribulation. It's my conviction, no, Christians will not go through the tribulation. We're going to be taken out of this world. The tribulation is specifically given for the Jews. And that's in Daniel chapter 9, uh, Matthew chapter 24, and in the book of Revelation. In fact, from Revelation chapter 4, there's no mention of any church here upon earth. You'll find that Christians in Revelation 4 and 5 are in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I believe uh, Christians are taken out of this world uh, in Revelation 4, and then the things that be hereafter, the world will then in Revelation 6 enter into a time of tribulation. And that tribulation is discussed in Revelation chapter 6 through chapter number 18. According to Daniel 9, it's a seven-year tribulation. It's the rise of an antichrist. There will be a false peace. There will be war, famine, destruction. Uh, the book of uh, or this uh, seven-year tribulation is going to end in the battle of Armageddon. And the Bible speaks that all the countries of the world will converge in the valley of Megiddo. Interestingly, in Revelation 16, it speaks of the Euphrates River being dried and an army from the east, which would represent China, of 200 million will march across that dry Euphrates River toward the valley of Megiddo uh, to gather and converge while all of the world will turn against the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus returns from heaven. I read just yesterday that the Euphrates River is in the process of drying up. I read that just yesterday. In fact, I read just yesterday that since they built a dam in Syria that the Euphrates is the driest it has been in that period of history, and they're warning of the possibility of that river drying up. Just yesterday, I read that statement. Amazing, the fulfillment we're seeing before our very eyes. Now, looking at those events which are ahead, seven years of tribulation ends in Revelation 19 with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we read in Revelation 1, verse 7, that every eye will see Him as Jesus returns from heaven. And then in Revelation chapter 20, uh, we have the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it ends after a thousand years with the great white throne judgment where the dead without Christ are risen and cast into hell. And we enter in Revelation 21 and 22 with eternity, a new heaven and a new earth. That's God's prophecy here of the book of Revelation. I want to take some time this morning to look at the most key thought that is going to be needed for you and I in the days ahead. And that's God's person. The book of Revelation exalts the person of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 1. It reads, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, this book is the book of his revelation. And you read throughout this book the exalting of the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, verse 5, Revelation 1. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In that verse, we see that He is the resurrected Savior. We see in that verse that He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We see in that verse that through His blood we are redeemed. And by His blood we are made to be kings and priests. That's the gift of salvation. And friends, in the days ahead, do not forget the price that was paid 
for your redemption through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1 verse number 8. Jesus Christ. I am Alpha and Omega. Alpha, the beginning of the Greek alphabet. Jesus is the beginning. By Him all things were made and by Him all things consist and without Him was not anything made that was made. He not only is the Alpha but He is the Omega. Uh, it finishes in verse number 8 uh, that He is the Almighty. He is God the Son. He is the beginning. He is the ending. Uh, in verse number 12, He's the one to be feared. And I turned to see, verse 12, uh, the one that spake with me, the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were as white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. Friend, that's my Lord Jesus Christ. And John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. It's because Jesus is holy, holy, holy. And as we read through the book of Revelation, He and He alone is worthy of our praise. You go to chapter 4, verse number 11. Speaks of Jesus, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We go to chapter 5 and verse number 9. He is worthy of our praise. These are the saints in heaven. And friend, that's where I'm planning to be one day. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. You see, He is worthy this morning of our praise. And as we said in the beginning, it's that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that went to the cross, the one that shed His blood, He's the one that is coming again. And every eye will see Him, every tongue will confess that He is Lord, every knee will bow before Him. I want you again, look at Revelation 1 and verse number 7. Revelation 1 verse 7 it says of Jesus, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierced Him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, Amen. Let's go to the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Do any of you ever pick up a book and maybe read the first part of the book, and then before you read the middle, you go to the end because you're curious? as to how it's going to end. I've done that. And uh, you read the end of the story. I wonder how this is going to finish. And you go to the last chapter and read the last chapter. Well, friend, as we read the book of Revelation, we see he's promised that he's going to come. But you go to the end of the book, and friend, he's coming. In chapter 22, verse number 11, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, Jesus said, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his works shall be. Uh, you skip to verse number 20. 
He which testified these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Even so come Lord Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I mentioned in the beginning here this morning, I believe that there are some rough days ahead for Christians. I believe that those days ahead will give us a tremendous open door of witness. And it's going to be so important for us in the days ahead to keep our eyes focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. See, here was the purpose of the book of Revelation. Uh, John was on the Isle of Patmos for preaching the gospel of Jesus. His generation began to face severe persecution. Polycarp, his own disciple, was burned at the stake. Hundreds and thousands of Christians died for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we've known relative peace and freedom here in the United States of America over the past 250 so years. We've been blessed with the freedom to preach the gospel, but it seems evident as we come nearer the return of Jesus Christ uh, the days for Christians are going to be more and more difficult. And so it's going to be so very important for us to keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So often we can focus upon the negative. But if we focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ, our eyes upon the Lord looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that's what the book of Revelation will do as we march through this book. It will point us to Jesus. Not on the circumstances, not on the difficulties, not on the discouragements, but it will point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, God's purpose. It's the book of Revelation. It's to unveil the Lord Jesus, to present to Christians things which must shortly come to pass. Uh, God's promise, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear and they that obey and follow the teachings of this book. God's prophecy, it's a prediction of the future. Those things which must shortly come to pass. It outlays the future events as we await the return of Jesus Christ. And then there's God's person. This book is a book to exalt Jesus. This book is a book to point us to Jesus. Our hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I, I look forward to heaven. Somebody asked me here recently, uh, Pastor, what is the, the one thing that you are most looking forward to about heaven? And for me, that's very easy, very simple. I've got a lot of friends in heaven. I've got grandparents in heaven. I've got my mom in heaven. A lot of preacher friends that are in heaven. The older I get, the more people that I know that are in heaven. And I look forward to seeing those friends. But the greatest thing for me about heaven is I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see the one who loved me and shed his blood for me. And I believe when that event takes place, friend, it will be worth it all. And that's what God was saying to John in all of the difficulties of the days that you're facing. And all that you're dealing with, you are the victor, you are the, the conqueror, you are the winner, because you are on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes back, it will be worth it all. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation. I want to challenge you in the coming days. We're going to see some exciting 
things unfolding. So I want to challenge you to be committed to these times and invite some others to read ahead and to prepare and study your heart for the preaching of God's Word. And I think as we go through the book of Revelation, we can have the greatest revival that Valley Bible Baptist Church has ever experienced as we live in these exciting, exciting days. Would you bow your head?